Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Well, hello, everybody. We are back. It's your boy, Austin Cook, and we are back with a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Caleb McLemore, and today we are returning to the universe of Resident Evil. And we have some new things to talk about, as a lot has happened since our last episode, which you can watch on all of our streaming platforms, including uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know the drill. You know all the above. But we are back to talk about some new developments in the Resident Evil universe and where we think the future is headed. Yeah, because uh, just to give a little bit of a... Like, if you're sitting like, really, has a lot happened? Just to help kind of give you the uh, like timeline, the last time we spoke about this franchise, uh, I think we were about a month out before Resident Evil 8 Village released. And that's a couple of years ago. So old yet. Uh, if you think about that, a lot has happened. Yeah. Capcom has been uh not I'm not gonna say churning because that implies like you know shovelware, but has definitely been putting more stuff out on a consistent basis. Right, right. We just uh I mean the most obvious example being Resident Evil 4, the new remake that just came out. And you're probably thinking to yourself, if you're not familiar with Resident Evil, you're like, self, why would they remake a perfect game? And the that was my that question is, when I first heard it. <laughs> right. No, I, I completely agree. And then I watched the gameplay and I played a little bit here and there as much as I can. I, uh, I have two jobs, so I'm, I'm trying really hard to like get back into the game, like the, the process of being able to fully invert, like immerse in a game. And I was like, OK, I, I get it now. Like this is actually even more perfect than the original was. Yeah. I, it's like that thing where you have to stop yourself from saying like, oh, it's it makes the original look bad because that that's false. The original is still amazing in every way. But it's just. Because I'm with you, because when they first said four, I remember uh, my a friend of mine, we were like, I told him about that because, you know, it's about the two and three remakes, which made sense because those came out on the PlayStation one. So there's been a lot of. Uh, upgrades in the gaming world since you know, 1999. And, but then when I told my friends, like, oh yeah, they're going to remake RE4. His first reaction was, why? Yeah. And, <laughs> like, uh, what? Yeah. So, but to your point, Austin, like, the RE4 remake, and we'll talk about it more, like the game itself, like, what makes it important, all, but I just want to get this out, like, if you need a like, ringing endorsement, for, like, should I play this? This is the first game I've played in years where as soon as I beat it and the credits were rolling, I was like, I want, I have to play this again. Yeah. It's astonishing and, how good it is. Yeah. It's like, it looks good. The one, I guess you could say like technical hiccup it had, they fixed uh, because there was some times where like the floor would just be gone. You didn't fall through it. You just walked on air and <laughs> Uh, they patched that, so we're good. Oh no! I was, I was like, "Am I like in a mirror room?" 
and like walking on like a glass, but because it was like perfect, like everything around was like perfectly in graphic. It wasn't something like, you know, like where some the graphics get really bad and it looks like a PS2. It yeah. wasn't doing that. It was all still crisp, you know, 4K. So I was like, this is confusing. But um, they fixed that. And that's the one little hiccup I saw. Mm-hmm. The game yeah. itself, the gameplay, is, it's addicting. And look, Leon is still a one-liner machine, which is perfect. That's, he should never be anything but that. Yeah. And I got the perfect soup. I got to be Mr. Perfect and go perfect plex Granados or not, uh, the, uh, the villains, the pre all the villain, yeah, all the, uh, zombified villains. I got to suplex them into like, I'm like, I am, I am content. I am happy. <laughs> I am pleased with my current status. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shoot, shoot. They fall down, boot to the head, shoot, shoot. The other one. It's like it, it's so it's much great. fun, and it's not yeah. like the one thing I really like about it is there's a lot of games where like I feel like the style can get a little repetitive after a while, but for some reason with Resident Evil, every time like I would fight someone new, I was like I'm not bored. That like yeah. there's some new way to do this in a way that I find incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, and like they introduce new enemies every so often. So like it's almost like the moment you're getting too comfortable or like you're like oh i'm kind of getting used to this add new enemy variants that just completely changes things up right yeah it's there's small little mechanics that make it a little bit not only challenging but also just a new experience every single time you're like ooh, ooh, that's new and yeah it keeps you on your toes yeah because it's like a because like as people that any of that played re4 before but just in case you have it or if you've only like ever heard of it because I know like Resident Evil's hit that point of the franchise where it can almost be a little intimidating trying to jump in. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. You can jump in with four. Yeah. It's the perfect starting point, actually. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Because as good as like... And I know people like the big complaint with the RE3 remake is it being short, which we talked about in the previous episode. And as good as two is, four is a great like just entry point of if you want to see if this franchise, if it's if this is for you, you will know after you play four. Yeah. And you'll know, I think about 20 minutes into this game, whether or not you're going to have a good time. Exactly. So honestly, they do have a demo where you play through like, I think the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. So literally don't play the demo and you'll know. But, um, so just to quickly recap, it's like our, our good best boy, Leon, who's just fighting for his life constantly has now been assigned to go, uh, rescue the president's daughter because she has been kidnapped mm-hmm. by a cultist. And of course, you know, they're, in the original game, they were kind of fuzzy on how that even happened because like, like, regardless of where you stand when it comes to politics, the saying you're going to steal a president's child, it's like uh, you and what army? Yeah. <laughs> and, no, like, I, the more I thought about that, I was like, gosh, it's amazing that they managed to pull that off. <laughs> like, yeah, and in the remake, they actually talk about it. They, you, had a, you had a mole on the inside who helped basically open the back door, more or less. Mm-hmm. Right, which and I was like, still stretches the ideas of what's possible. Oh, yeah. The only un, as one person put it, the only super unrealistic thing is that they only sent in Leon. Because in real life, that's considered an act of war. 
So they would have just rolled the military and flattened the village and been like, where is she? Yeah, they would have. <laughs> they would have sent in several teams to just dismantle that entire country's economy. And because like that, that's an act of war uh, to steal a leader's child. So, uh, so, but actually in the game as well, they do talk about like why they only send in Leon because there are points in the remake. And this is the difference between like the original game where they just want to do cool stuff, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Whereas now in the remake, they're trying to connect it better with all the other games. Because you find out there are some shady things that have been going on just because of how like, to put it simply, the president now is trying to help decouple how embedded Umbrella was with pretty much everyone and everything. Right. Good luck and with that. I Yeah, RE6, when he gets turned into a zombie, did not end well for him because he was actually doing a pretty good job of decoupling. And, uh, <laughs> and then I can't have that, in fact. And, uh, Illegal. And poor, <laughs> yeah. I felt bad. Poor Leon had to be the one to put him down, too. Like, that was like, bro, that sucks. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Umbrella turned it around going, look, Leon killed the president. And now he was on the run. That's a different game. Yeah. Um, Very different game, which I'd be curious if they tried to remake that. Ooh, that's a discussion a little bit because we'll get there. Yeah, I was like, but, actually, now that we're on the topic. <laughs> uh, but like I said, but, so Leon's trying, and they do help explain the remake of like how it connects to the other games. I mean, it references some of the games that came after RE4. So obviously in the original they couldn't reference it because it didn't exist yet. Right. But with the remake, they have the they very much have the uh benefit of hindsight. So that's where Krauser was able to go from and there's nothing wrong with having a mysterious rival, but he went from mysterious rival to very fleshed out, like it was almost an emotional moment when you finally fight him to the death. Mm-hmm. Because you realize, oh, this is a man who's just been used and abused, and he said, screw it all, I want to burn it all to the ground. And I can respect that. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I can understand that. Oh, yeah, no, it's one of those where, like, still a terrible person, but I get it. And Yeah, you're like, do I support it? No. Do I, no. Do I slightly understand? Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> or like Sadler's goal of, he wanted to uh, infect Ashley with the perfect form of Las Plagas, where it it doesn't turn you into a mindless idiot, essentially. Mm -hmm. But so in other words, you're completely under his control, but there's, you, there's no tells you can't, you can't tell at all. Yeah. So what's the, fact, what's the thing that they always yell when they see you like, Un para cero! yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah. Oh, I'm every, I like take it now. Everyone knows I'm here. <laughs> yeah, as if they weren't going to find out. But <laughs> oh yeah, but um, uh, but they're gonna factor with that. And then since she would be perfectly infected, she could then infect the president because then they would both be under Sadler's control. And his goal was to slowly get all the world leaders under his direct control. Mm -hmm. Which I was like, okay, that's actually a fleshed out plan. Yeah. Okay. Makes okay. Sense. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other people and oh boy, there's a certain where's the sunglasses at night, man, that would take exception to that plan. But and he did. Yeah. His <laughs> boy did he's he. Like, Cause like, yeah, there's going to be a ruler, but it ain't you. And, it's going to uh, be me. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy. Uh, but yeah, this force is, it's just fun. 
And uh, and it does the thing from the previous, from the original game, where when you replay it, you get to hold on to all your guns and upgrades. It's just the difficulties, they're just more difficult to take down. Mm-hmm. So it encourages you to keep replaying the games, and you're like rewarded for knowing where everything is, which I love when games do that. Yeah, They don't like, it's like, it's not like they punish you of like, how dare you know where everything is? Ari, Resident Evil's just like, cool. That just means you played the game a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Here's a reward for that. Like, good. <laughs> you figured it yeah. out finally. Yeah, because there's like uh, things you can unlock in the game. And some of the things you only unlock if you get like an SS rating. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to get that if you know where things are. Right. And you're really, really good at playing the game. Like, I mean, exactly. like, like one of the speedrunners. Yeah. So like, that's... I think that's a good way of Capcom being like, hey, let's incentivize you learning the game like the back of your hand. Let's not discourage it. Mm-hmm. And so the RE4 remake did the impossible, like you were saying, Austin, did the impossible of you took a game that was basically perfect and made it perfecter. <laughs> yeah. I, it blows my mind every time. I, <laughs> like, yeah. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, wow. And some of the changes y'all. they made, like, uh, like, Luis was more fleshed out. Just like he had more screen time before he gets, I mean, spoiler, before he gets killed. But the story of Resident Evil 4, the remake is the same as the original. Just They just flesh out some plot points more. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has more screen time. So when he gets killed, it's more emotional. You're like, yeah. yeah. Not that it didn't mean anything in the original. Because in the original, it was just more shocking of like, here's this guy that was about to help you. And then he gets killed right when he was about to give you something really important. Yeah. Well, because I felt like that they were trying to build to this whole, like, is he actually good or is he bad? And then he showed yeah. up and he was just like, uh, and like, yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. for sure. Yeah. Oh, and this one, like after you have that whole, like, I felt like I was playing Donkey Kong with that cart, with the mine cart as you deal with all that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you go through all that. And Leon and Luis, who start off on bad terms. Because Leon basically leaves Leon, uh, Luis leaves Leon for dead. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're not exactly friends. But by the time they finally become friends, is right when Krauser kills them. Yeah, just oopsie. <laughs> and um, and Leon's like, "You didn't have to do that." Krauser's like, "He was in the way." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, I did." So <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just love that they gave him the nice little like cheesy one-liners. Because as he's sitting there dying, he asks Leon for a, a light so he can have one last smoke. And uh, he's just like, man, I'm dying. He goes, think of all the poor women who are never going to have to, uh, I'm never going to talk to. And I'm just it's like, all right, dude. Yeah, nice. that's, that's our boy. That's <laughs> who else but Luis. <laughs> well, I know you find out he is riddled with guilt over yeah. things he's done. So he hides it through, you know, charisma. Yeah, and also, yeah, he should feel bad. Because... Yeah, he helped Ooh. create Nemesis. Yeah, that's I too would also be riddled with guilt <laughs> yeah. if I doomed the world to a fate with Resident Evil. Yeah, where, yeah, like, if it wasn't for the fact we have action hero Chris keeping things in line. <laughs> Invincible Chris, okay, to you. <laughs> that man is unkillable. <laughs> God. Every like when he punched that boulder, I was like, "Man, I don't know if I can do this anymore." <laughs> no, for like, a lot of people, that oof. I think that's why in Resident Evil Eight, 
I think even Heisenberg, that's why he made fun of that. Yeah. He's like, when I find that boulder punching asshole. <laughs> Which, to be fair, honestly, at, for like a couple seconds, I was like, yeah, man, I don't know if I can do this. And then like after a little bit, I was like, but that was kind of amazing. And I kind of yeah. want to do it again. Because <laughs> like, well, that's a- but. Well, I will say, I know we're jumping around a lot, but like that's part of. That's part of the charm of why you love us. But um, welcome to Resident Evil, <laughs> in yeah. a nutshell. Well, but I did. I will say just to help, like so, since there've been other things that have been released. Uh, I can't recommend four enough. If you played the original, you'll love this one. Everyone acts exactly as they should. Ramon is disgusting as he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadler is manipulative and evil. Uh, Leon, like I said, the one-liner machine. Like I still just when two women with chainsaws showed up, and his and he just goes, "Sorry, ladies, I'm a one-woman kind of guy." What was the thing that he said? Um, oh my gosh, in the original, he's like, "No thanks, bro," or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> was... I, all, he he just has all these. Like, we're just like, dude, good for you. <laughs> Like, like, hey man uh, some people coping their coping mechanism is comedy so yeah. i can respect it and his uh, has to be i mean gosh but there's so many different like portrayals of leon now like well there's mm-hmm. a couple but it's so funny like seeing how different he is compared to like what story they're making and for this one it's just like he's like a goofy action hero and yeah. uh, in, like the movie that came out like 2020 welcome to raccoon city it's like he like couldn't do anything right to save his life. I know that which <laughs> then there's a reason people were a little upset by that because Leon is beloved. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it's not like he was unlikable. It's just like it was weird. Because I'm like, yeah. this isn't Leon. Like <laughs> Leon's like at least capable. Yes, because that's why some people talk about how it's hard to go back to two after playing four. Because a lot of the like all the kicks and punches and stuff, Leon cannot do that in two, which makes sense. Because it's literally his first day on the job. Right. All he knows is how to shoot. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, but, but also, I like the fact that you can see that growth mm-hmm. of look at how different, like, look at how much, <laughs> look at how much our boy has grown. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> like, and look, Resident look 2 how they massacred my boy. <laughs> oh, and RE2, straight up getting bullied by Ada. And RE4, not putting up with a single word of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, for him. I was like, good for you. Stand up to your bullies, even if yeah. you are attracted to them. Stand, <laughs> stand up to this bully <laughs> that makes you feel uncomfortable in a strange way. That <laughs> yeah, makes you feel feelings. But, um, uh, but like I said, so four, like I said, can't recommend it enough, especially because now the mercenaries mode in it where you, you have Leon, uh, Luis, Krauser, and, uh, uh, Honk, which Honk was in the original, which so it isn't surprising. What surprised me is they didn't put in Wesker and Ada because they were also in the original Mercenaries. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised by that, but we'll see. Maybe they may add it in later because four has sold stupidly well. So right. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're like, hey, let's put in some more stuff to like thank people. Right. It's basically uh, printed money at this point, which is like, well, RE4, I know we talked about this in the previous episode, so I'm not going to harp on it, but just 
R four legitimately changed the gaming industry. Yeah. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, that's not it like oh, because I love this game. Like it's really that good. Like yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, like third person over the shoulder shooters. You have RE four to thank for that being popular. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how things. It's kind of like how even though GoldenEye was the first like shooter to be on a console, Halo is what made it really popular. Right. Oh, good dude. Halo. God, I, I can't think of almost anything that had the same level of impact on gaming overall than like Halo, well, Call of Duty, Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, that's why people made the joke when, when Halo 2 came out. Someone made like a little parody thing where it shows uh, the captain giving a plaque to Chief that says, thanks for saving the Xbox, Bill Gates. Because <laughs> it's not, where's the lie? He's, he's, there is no lie. <laughs> he's completely but, uh, correct. But uh, so before, and as we alluded to, Leon is very much the. Uh, I always joke that you can't tell me Leon's design was not based on '90s Brendan Fraser, especially with the quips. You cannot tell me, yeah, that was not like at least an inspiration. It's the hair, so, the jacket, the quips. Yeah, you can't tell me that wasn't at least an inspiration because I will call you a liar if you say no. Yeah, but uh, but he's very much the. The action hero who is, but very much is fighting for his life because he's not going to be able to overpower anybody. He went through being resourceful and knowing his surroundings. Now, as we were alluding to earlier, Chris, on the other hand. Chris is just like, punch, kill, (laughs) destroy. (laughs) But I love him for it. (laughs) Oh, we need a character like that in Resident Evil. I'm going to fully defend that because like, is it silly? Oh. I'll be the first person to tell you that, but you got to have that in some capacity in order to like balance out this universe. Yes. And just, if you think we're over hype, over exaggerating the punching thing, let me explain to you if the boulder punching wasn't enough. Let me give you more. Another example and Resident Evil eight. We'll probably talk about it in in a bit, but they released DLC last year that had like a nice little, like a story expansion for Ethan's daughter, but then also, expanded the mercenaries mode because originally mercenaries you could only play as ethan mm-hmm. they expanded it to where you could play as chris and i can never say her name right but lady dimitrescu uh close enough sure enough <laughs> but, uh, well the other nicknames for her i'm not saying on this podcast but all of you on the internet y'all know uh can i say but, uh can i say one, one go for it mommy dimitrescu <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there, there, I was like, I was a little scared. Like, there's a no, few no, no, that no, are no. not safe. <laughs> oh, okay. You know me better than that. <laughs> cool, cool, we're good. And also, you can play as Heisenberg, but you had to unlock those last two because obviously they're boss characters. And also, playing as Heisenberg is just a, it's so fun. And I get reminded how scary he is. But right. um, he's one of the best villains in, uh, yeah, he's probably the best villain in Resident Evil 8. Oh, absolutely. I, well, because I know it's since the lady got so much uh, screen time. I didn't know about any of the others. And of course, I all kept saying Heisenberg's the worst. I'm like, is he? Like, because these other people are really, really bad. And then you go to you go to his like lair. And I was like, oh, oh, this man's evil. <laughs> Just the oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. And then of course, with all the like, what is what is his power? He cycles electricity and basically becomes a less powerful magneto. I'm like, that's terrifying. Yeah. 
even if you're a less powerful Magneto, the comparison to Magneto is terrifying. Like, yeah. So <laughs> there's no it's hard way for me not to laugh. That, yeah. It's hard for me not to sometimes laugh though that he sounds like Nicolas Cage. I couldn't get past Stop. it. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking that the whole time. Stop. I, I could get past it. But anyway, so as I was saying, when you, when you unlocked all of these, when you got the DLC, Chris, you could play out the gate. Uh, and his difference between him and Ethan, Ethan is very much the everyman, which is why his games have worked great. Because he it made Resident Evil super scary again because you were just a dude. Mm-hmm. versus a super soldier that Chris is. And uh Ethan, I have killed your wife. <laughs> <laughs> basically. But uh but with Chris, you have all these like great guns and literally with like the two bumpers, you had a left hook and a right you had a, you had like a left jab and a right hook. And it could take people down. Oh, and it ruled. I felt so powerful. Oh, yeah. And if they're on the ground, you could stomp. I'm like, this is why he's the invincible action hero. And we, I wouldn't have it any other way. I keep saying yeah. that, but it's but, twoo, well, it's twoo. Because you did not know that's where Chris was going to go after Resident Evil 1. Because mm-hmm. Resident Evil 1, he just kind of like, kind of just looks like a dude. Because, you know, because he, he finally used to be a paratrooper, which is like, oh, that's why you're insane. Yeah. But um, his name's Chris. Like, it's. He's pretty straightforward as a character. Full offense to all you Chris's out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like, he just kind of had, like, the more lean build, and then suddenly five, he shows up as a mountain of muscle, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been, uh... <laughs> Who's your supplier, dude? What do you... <laughs> and, and uh, honestly, because I'm like, bro, you're, like, pushing 50. Yeah, how? Well, that, like, and what? that's how you know for sure that he's definitely, you know... Probably, oh, absolutely. Uh, probably supplementing something into his diet. Oh, I, well, I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you. I mean, yeah, duh. I'm like trying to save the world. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to save the world. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> you made oh. me do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, but like I said, so you have that with Chris, like, and some people are curious because, like, it says we're on this topic now. Because with Resident Evil 8, we can talk a little bit more because, like I said, when we talked in the last episode, 8 hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So, besides the big, I love the fact that you found out Ethan had been dead the whole time. Right. Which, obviously, y'all know there's going to be spoilers on this. You're not going to click on this otherwise. So If you haven't played this <laughs> game, then I'm like, Go, I'm sorry. but like, You should. Like, which, like I said, and I just love that the, because he was part of the mold, that's why the like splashing goop on him instead of like using the herbs. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. I was goop. like, well, I didn't know what I was to call it. I was like, uh, <laughs> I know. I just like goop's oh, just a funny word. I'm like, God, I feel 12. I don't, like, <laughs> like, ignore me. The man, like, no, like the guy gets his hand chopped off multiple times and it just like reattaches. You're like, that's not how that works. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> like, and then you're like, oh, they had this plan the whole time. Oh, okay. No wonder Jack Baker was so shocked that he came back. Yeah, he's like, how did you... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, which did mean that... Which, of course, now the thing is people have gone back to Seven trying to figure out, like, when did he... Where was the death? And it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, because after what I thought would be the kill, 
when Jack literally, you know, stomps his head in. Mm-hmm. You then get that, you know, the now iconic scene at the dinner table where you meet the whole family. And it's like, he wouldn't do that if Ethan was dead. Yeah. So, it, it, but that's the thing. But also, at the end of the day, it's like, it's just saying like he got killed at some point. Or maybe they knew that he had, that's why they were freaking out. Because they knew that he had become a part of the mold, but he was fighting back. Which was, no one's ever done that. I'm part and, of the mold. <laughs> yeah. Well, the might and me, I can never say that right. So I just stick to mold easier. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but, but I did like, honestly, it's just, maybe it's me getting older. I'm a sucker for the stories of dad, of dads that will go through hell and back to save their family. Yeah. I'm a sucker for it. It never gets old. N- never does. doesn't. Yeah. And, I gotta give Capcom credit. They know how to make the most interesting merchants, I think, in gaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So oh, yeah, I'm we- forgetting about him. I, I just remembered. Dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> just a little. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And you think the whole time this guy has to be a villain. Cause he just looks the part. Right. He looks and like um the Baron from Dune. Yeah. Once again, I would call Capcom a liar if they said that at least wasn't an inspiration. Oh, they'll <laughs> probably be like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, just say it was at least an inspiration. When I say you ripped it off, just say you were at least like it went into the design process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he very much looks and the way he talks the whole time, especially like with his inflections, we are not sure if he's actually helping you or if you're helping him and he'll screw you over later. And and then at the very end, he literally takes you to the final battle because he's like, hey, you have a destiny and you have to go face it. I wish you just hadn't said destiny because now I'm immediately thinking of young Frankenstein. (laughs) Destiny! Destiny! No escaping! That's for me! (laughs) We are Uh, on one today, Caleb. (laughs) Oh, well, mate, look, you're calling one of my favorite comedies. So, you know, it is what it is. Um... Thank you for indulging me in that. Go on. <laughs> but, uh, but like, just, I, I remember that when that moment happened, I was like, huh, you're a total bro. Cause I was, I was fully expecting there to be like a mini boss fight where you had to deal with him. Right. And it just never came. And you found out he was just super cool to you the whole time. And he genuinely wanted you to take down Miranda. And he wanted your money too. Let's not forget that. Which I, I always laughed. I was like, what are you spending it on? Like, probably you- rent. Or something. Yeah, I was like, "Are you a dragon? Where you just like to look at it?" Like, hey, just because it's in Eastern Europe doesn't mean they can't have an economy, okay? Uh, I... Ouch! <laughs> oh, oh, wow. There we go. No, hey, might have to apologize for that comment down the line. Hey. <laughs> if I want to go I... visit like Bulgaria or Romania, hey. good burns or good burns. They are. Um, they are. Uh, Doesn't mean they feel the same, Caleb. <laughs> oh, fair. But, um, but yeah, okay. I also want to talk about the, as I love it, well, I'm not going to say loving, I hate it, but I have to talk about the murder baby. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I remember after I dealt with this, I had to talk to Austin about it. Because, like an idiot, for those of y'all have listened, if y'all have kept, if y'all have, if it, if you know it's a pattern with me, 
I always seem to play the scariest parts of a game at like two in the morning, like a moron. And uh, I got to that, to the house where the doll is. Mm-hmm. And immediately everything turned off and went dark and I had no weapons. And I was like, I am uncomfortable. Like, this is fine. <laughs> I'm okay with the events currently unfolding around me. Yeah. And then you had to deal with all the dolls and, oh, you found out how much Mia has been doing you dirty of like, and I, I mean, in like, in terms of like keeping secrets where you're like, why didn't you tell me about any of this? But, um, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and then get done. I remember, and you finished up and I just started hearing, I started hearing, whoa, whoa. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just see it crawling. I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed the lockers and I head in the lockers. I was like, when did this become Outlast? God. And, <laughs> uh, and I knew exactly what I was going to have to do. I was going to have to sprint to the elevator and hope it goes before it kills me. I failed once, and I hate that death scene. Oh, isn't it just As nightmare fuel? Pulled, pulled in, yeah, slowly getting pulled into the mouth. And I'm like, I hate it. And <laughs> as I was crawling towards me, I got it the second time. I was pressing the like I almost broke my controller. How hard I was pressing A. Oh, I was like, go, 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 go. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Then you got to go play hide and seek with the dolls as other dolls are stabbing you. I hated everything about this house. Yeah. Well, I don't think that they were particularly looking for you to be feeling welcome there. No. Which, <laughs> no. Look, I, 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 I get that every one of the four bosses were like different aspects of like the various horrors that Resident Evil has done over the course of their franchise, which I can respect. Which is why I know why that the house with the doll had was like, was, was short. Because that kind of like scary works in small doses. Right. So so I, I respect it. I hated every second of it, but I respected it. Didn't love it. But no. I still gave it my the old college try. Yeah. And that's why when we did the DLC with Rose, we had to go back to that mansion. My my uh my wife was watching me play and immediately I went, No, 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 what just what? What? You don't understand. Just having a full-on meltdown in front of your wife. Like, no, 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 get away. I don't want to go back to this house. And I, granted, there was no murder baby, thank God. But that's what something, you think. Why not, but they still had something scary. The mannequins. That when you're not looking at them, walk towards you. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's like a, God, that's like a Doctor Who thing. That's what I was thinking. That's what she was thinking of too. And as she was watching me and, uh, and then some of there was two mannequins and you had to like really finagle your way around. Then you got up to four. I was like, I hate everything happening. You're like, this sucks so much. I don't want to be here. (laughs) All this to say also Resident Evil 8, great game. And I'm just, I am very curious what they're going to do going forward because after Ethan pass after Ethan dies dies though I guess you could say a part of him lives on in Rose 
because the point of that DLC was she was trying to get rid of her powers because she was tired of being made fun of and being right. a freak. Which I know some people are like, well, that sounds stupid. I'm like, oh, you must have forgotten how cruel kids and especially teenagers can be to each other. Yeah, I was like, unless you were homeschooled, you have no idea. And like, even yeah. then, if you were homeschooled, you may have been the recipient of some of that cruelty. And, yeah, ugh. kids are mean, man. Dude, they are. And especially when you I, find out, I just don't get why they're so mean. But that's a that's a whole other podcast well, the, episode. Well, oh, I know, but a lot of it's they don't want to be. It's if I pick out somebody, no one will focus on me. So, oh my god, you're I know right. that's part of it. Yeah. I know I'm not, that's not all of it. I know it's part of it. Um, but also, when you find when she like would sweat, it was like white and would glow. I'm like, oh, bro, that's going to get you made fun of by everybody. I'm sorry. That is kind of funny. <laughs> it is. No, I'm not like, I'm like, <laughs> that's immediate. Like you're mocked for life. I'm so sorry. This is happening to you. <laughs> I know. But so, the, and of course, and uh, she gets to have a touching moment with her dad, which also I was getting emotional. So I was like, dang, he, Ethan finally got to actually see his daughter, not fully grown, but at least older than just a baby. Right. And I was like, that man has earned it. He earned being able like, to see his daughter once. Yeah. And after everything he went through, it's, it's kind of nice that he was able to have at least one moment. Yeah. That's why in the, when you, cause I love that after you finish that DLC, it replays the final cutscene from the, mm-hmm. from the base game. And it's a, with that new context, how much better that scene hits. Yeah. Cause you find out the, she's wearing his ring as like a way to remember him. And you're like, Oh, after all of that, that explains why she goes to talk to like at his grave. Mm-hmm. Cause she has like this, like especially because of the mold has like this special connection with him now. And that's like really sweet. The mold. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm just curious to see where it's going to go going forward. Cause I'm like, cause one, unless you age faster, because as you find out, uh, since Ethan, to put it okay, to put this simply, since Ethan was full on mold when Rose was conceived, Rose Rose is basically a mold baby. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah, no, um, that's there is no other way. <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, I know that sounds one of those of like, please put that in context. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> uh, but unless you age faster, I'm like, we well, just did a pretty big time hop. Mm-hmm. Of like sixteen years, normal, like, very normal thing to do. Which I'm like in Resident Evil, that's like a, they don't do. I mean, they do time hops, but not like that big. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. for DLC though, like well, for fine. a very contained DLC, I could actually see that working, just because like a lot could happen in that space, and yeah. it can continue the story up to that, and then they can tie it in years later if they're like feeling up to it. Oh, absolutely, and. That's what people are curious because it does flat out say the the story of the father is over, which of course when it's worded like that makes everyone think, oh, Rose is going to be the protagonist for Resident Evil Nine. The story of the father is over. The time of the orc has come. <laughs> <laughs> you should have expected that. <laughs> no, that's fine. You've known but, uh, me like five years now. <laughs> yeah, but um, so. I don't know if Rose is going to be the protagonist or the other thing people want to see is like, okay, we've seen older Chris. Mm -hmm. What is Leon and Jill and Ada and everybody else up to? 
Because like you don't have to make the games about them. Fans just want to know what they what are they doing. Probably just vibing. And, yeah. Well, knowing Ada, she's still being morally gray as always. And right. Well, after uh, we got the that whole scene with um. Oh, because they had a new ending in Resident Evil. That's right, with her and Wesker. Where she's like, yeah, I think I've changed my mind. (laughs) I was like, and I still just like, I was like, woman, that's where you draw the line of this man is evil? You just now figured this out? Money talks until it doesn't talk enough. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, I was just like, she's like, oh, are millions of people are going to die, huh? Oh, please. Billions. Like, whoa, 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 man. <laughs> it's like yeah. the, the community line. Uh, the, I, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at X. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and it's just like, bro, you are working for a genocidal monster. Yeah. He's, which <laughs> another thing I keep thinking about, like returning to um, Welcome to Raccoon City, which I'm going to be honest with you. I had, a, I had some fun with it. I think that I it, it felt like a very faithful attempt for the most part to try and like really like set this movie apart from what we had already seen from Resident Evil movies. And I like oh, this. This will tie in, I promise. But <laughs> a lot of it, like when I was watching it, I was like the people who made this love the games. I could feel mm-hmm. that. And, like the set designers and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, honestly, every single person involved. Like, say what you want about, like, Leon's depiction, but, like, I really felt that they were trying really hard to to make it work and to really, like, do something with the story. Granted, I think the the combination of one and two kind of hampered them a little bit. And it's too much. It, it, it's just so much to do. And it's, like, you task any writer with that, like, I mean, the fact that they were even able to make something that I understood, I was like, good for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's what made it weird too, because it's like since you're combining one and two, and you're putting Jill basically in the story of two, it's like okay, so you just ruined Resident Evil three. Mm-hmm. You can't do it now. But Which, she's out of the yeah. city. Yeah, I mean, but in movie time, it'd probably be like a twenty minute like movie, like <laughs> because well, I'm, you could. Well, I don't say like if you're gonna combine two games, two and three wouldn't be the worst. No, no, I can agree with that, actually. I just think that, like, I think they kind of were trying to shoot, you know, to make something really stand out. And they, they had a cast that I really liked. And uh, what's his? I always call him Billy Bones, even though it's Tom Hopper. Tom Hopper is yeah. his name. That, <laughs> I was like, why do I know well, his he name? Looked I part. Remember it. He I, does I just, look the part. He does the part. I just, my, and we talked about this at length of, like, trying to make Wesker sympathetic. I no, mm-hmm. no. The man's yeah. a sandbagger. Yeah, no. Like, he he's a full blown villain. And then like yeah. in the if you haven't seen the movie, this is your spoiler alert. When he like when he got shot and he was gonna die, and he was like, "I wouldn't have shot you, kid." I was like, "Yes, you would have. You absolutely <laughs> like, would, like, my dude. You would have shot without hesitation." <laughs> oh, I was like, I was like, "You're not gonna shoot a kid or bang." Yeah, <laughs> like, you wouldn't. It's that's what kind of evil he is. Like he's a full blown, entirely oh. evil person with no. We don't need to know why because he just is. He's the representation of why Umbrella well, is so evil. That and also like it's like well with what backstory you do get out of the games. It's like you basically found out he. It's kind of like 
we, we, we would bring up Homelander, how they basically bred this guy to be like a villain. It's like, mm-hmm. what'd you expect him to be? Yeah. Same thing with, uh, with Wesker, the way he was raised and like experimented on and all that. It's like, did you expect this guy to be anything other than just pure evil? Yeah. That's, he's the product of umbrella. He's the ultimate representation of why they are so cruel and awful. And yes. I like a part of me is like, you know, I'm open to slight variations on this character. And I like Tom Hopper as an actor. And if you're hearing this out there, I got you. I see you. I, <laughs> well, I, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I was just like, I've been a fan of him. I've seen him in a ton of stuff. I like him in Umbrella Academy and Black Sails. And when I saw that he was in this, I was like, good for him, man. I just wish they'd let him be fully evil. Yeah. And like when they did the whole thing of teasing of like, he gets killed, but then like basically gets resurrected by Ada, which I'm like, okay, first off, no, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that is not correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you said, he's literally the ultimate product of Umbrella. Like he's basically he's the Frankenstein monster. Yes, he yes. embodies everything and then destroys it. Right. <laughs> like, but but he's evil Frankenstein because Frankenstein. Like I'm just gonna call it Frankenstein because they call it the Bride of Frankenstein, and that to me. Oh yeah, yeah. no, for sure, Frankenstein too. I just wanted to throw that out there, but. When I think of like Frankenstein, I think of like the most misunderstood like creation that yes. is just trying to find its purpose so, and its reason and its loneliness. And that's like part of what like Bride of Frankenstein is. I'm sorry, I have to finish this tangent. But like, <laughs> that's like why I love Bride of Frankenstein, because it's like the embodiment of like you're exploring loneliness and finding someone who's like you, even going so far as to do something immoral to try and reach that end of just being understood and loved. And for him, he's like, what if Frankenstein was just pure rotten evil and evil? Well, well made by an evil corp, like very much like what the Frankenstein thing, like that's a guy who was trying to play God and found out why you shouldn't. But, and in future installments was like, yeah, I think I'm going to avoid this as much as I possibly can. Exactly. Which, but with, with umbrella, they were just doing, they're very much the Jurassic park of, you talk about what you could do, but not whether or not you should. Right. And Wesker's just the embodiment of all that. And so it's appropriate that he would be the one to destroy it. Yeah. Because they made him. And ironically, as we've talked about before, as much as he did not, as much as he very much had the, uh, I'm nothing like you, dad, to Spencer. Uh, he was basically Spencer's dream incarnate of trying to ascend godhood. Right. Yeah. It's, and I, I think that I think that I think he hated that that no matter how different he tried to be, he was still basically doing what Spencer wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had, he had no choice because like I mean, he's literally like Homelander in a lot of ways. Yeah. Except maybe not as maybe not as much of a giant man baby. Like no, no, actually what, a calculated what? evil instead of just like a eh, this seems evil enough. Well, yeah, it, well, the difference is like someone like a Homelander is but when you're that much more powerful than everyone else, you can be sloppy and haphazard and it still works out. Mm-hmm. No spoilers for season three, but you'll you'll understand, especially by yeah. like the end of the season. You'll be like, oh, oh, yeah. Like I say, he's <laughs> like when you're that much more powerful than everyone, it's like you can you can kind of just, you know. Trip your way through it and be OK. Uh Wesker, like you say, he's calculated because the thing that makes him scary is as powerful as he is, he also knows he's not invincible. Yeah. So 
he still knows he can't like that's why I do think that him being killed by the tyrant actually surprisingly gave him some humility. Mm-hmm. It's kind Not of embarrassing much. too. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, yeah, he very much had that moment of, look at this beautiful thing. It will totally not kill me. It will and, obey me. Pfft. And then immediately kills him. <laughs> I love that. That's like Prometheus. <laughs> oh, it very much is. And I think he got humbled by that. He's like, man, I was stupid. And, <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that, like, that's how he should be. And what I was hoping... I know the movie didn't do super well, so I doubt there's going to be a sequel. But um, if they were going to go through with this story, what I was hoping was they'd kind of do like Spider-Man Far From Home, where they made Mysterio look all like sympathetic until you found out he just a straight up villain the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I thought they're going to like, I was like, if they did that with Wesker, where like he's all like obeying what Ada's telling him and like, getting all this stuff just to stab everyone in the back saying I'm in charge now. This is the plan the whole time. He's like, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pull that mega mind moment. It's like you saved us. No, 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 no. More like under new management. Yeah. Ugh. I, I love that. Uh, that trope. I love that evil ploy. I think it's, you know, I don't yeah. agree with it, but <laughs> oh no, oh, I just think it's funny that that line, as goofy as it sounds, is entirely what a lot of villains do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. (laughs) New boss. Same as the old boss. But uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're like, hooray, we did it. What now? (laughs) Like, every, like, unprepared historical revolution where they're like, we did it. But now now what do we do? (laughs) Like... But that was the only thing in the movie. If they had done that, were like, if he, if they had explored that, and he like just portrayed and like was like, oh, I finally, I have the power to destroy Umbrella now. Perfect. It just like goes on a tear. I'm like, okay, there's the Wesker I know. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's not sympathetic. He's a sandbagger. He's a betrayer. Uh, sandbagger just feels like a derogatory word. I don't. <laughs> like... Well. Well, I know like, it's not, uh, but oh, I know, I know, but, like, but oh, like, he's, he just lies in wait to betray you. Mm-hmm. Like he's just—it's not if, it's when. Yeah. Kind of like in a the scorpion, Resident the scorpion Wolf. on the frog. Absolutely, and the uh, it's like in a Resident Evil Five, Oxala, I think is the lady's name, who basically uh, helps yeah. him get all of his stuff. I believe to, so, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, uh, I think I know her name starts with an O. I just can't remember, the, but like, uh. She helped him get a lot of his resources as he was like kind of building his stuff up because, and if they do end up remaking five, I could see how they play with this more because with Ada running off with what he wanted, he has mm-hmm. to kind of start over. Yeah. Uh, and I could see that's when he meets Oxala to help, you know, I have to start over. I need a new virus. Oh, we found something in Africa. Take me there. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, and the moment, he was done and she had done everything she could for him. He injected her with Ouroboros and Chris and Sheva and Sheva had a fighter. And I felt for a little bit, I mean, you don't, I didn't feel bad for her. Cause I'm like, you're an evil lady who helped an evil or a person. But like, she was like, you betrayed me. We were going to do things together. And he's like, technically you are helping me. You're slowing down Chris. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I'm like, that's how Wesker works, baby. He doesn't do friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not exactly a family guy. Like, no. This isn't about making friends and building long relationships. Like, no. you're just a means to an end to him. With him? Absolutely. To everybody. That's why people to this day still laugh at. Because with the way that they've done seven and eight and the remakes, People are curious what they're going to do because there's some loose ends from the lore that obviously Capcom at any point could come in and kind of like put nice bows on it. <clears throat> Code Veronica remake, please. Yes, no, absolutely. Yes, because one, that's the game where Wesker shows back up in his Neo cosplay. So <laughs> we, <laughs> he's, at the, he's just he went to the Matrix premiere and then he was like, you know what? I kind of like this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> keep this basically. But um, uh. That's when he show, That's the first time you see him after Resident Evil 1. And he shows up with powers. And it wasn't until 5 they gave him that flaw. Mm-hmm. So in a remake of Code Veronica, they could kind of re-talk re, uh, about uh, his flaw of he has to do regular injections or the virus inside of him will take over. Which is so funny because we literally got that in Resident Evil Afterlife. Yes. I think about that sometimes. (laughs) Well, my only issue when they did that, which is great that they brought that in, Mm -hmm. but then they, the virus that he had was Ouroboros. I'm like, nope, wrong one. And but you know what? I'm I'm gonna give him credit where I can. (laughs) I also do no no, and I also do give him credit that the fight scene he did with Chris and Claire Mm -hmm. is literally the fight scene from Lost in Nightmares. Okay, with Chris and Jill. But hold on, hold on though. Because that scene has one of the funniest VFX shots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it's this, it's this scene, because like most of the fight, I'm actually like, wow, this is pretty well. Like, good job. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Paul W.S. Anderson, and people give him a lot of flack, but like, I personally have always had fun watching his movies. Like, it's just me. However, <laughs> there's a shot in this where they shoot at him three times, and it's a completely static shot. And it's like, the weird like like the thing that you would see from like a fan-made vampire movie where it's like really awkwardly spaced and i was like they had to have been in a rush there's no way like like but it's a shot that like you know it when you see it where like it just does not stand up to the quality of the rest of the fight scene and i in order to speak of another live action mind of another live action movie and i can't unsee it ever since maximilian pointed it out but because like the the since the news had come out for a live action Street Fighter, everyone's just like ooh, because that's not a good history there. And well, we're, we're in the middle of a Renaissance. In the middle of a Renaissance. I know, and that's why people are like maybe. But um, but the Jean Claude Van Damme one so cheesy. It's that so bad it's good because it's cheesy as all else. Mm-hmm. Raul but, uh, is in it too. Exactly, and saves the movie. I'm not even say make saves the movie. Yeah. Um. No offense to anyone else involved in it. It's just he's oh, no, so good. Like, like, <laughs> the man was literally dying from cancer and was still putting on one heck of a performance. Gave one of the single best lines in a movie I've ever heard. Outside of, do you think God hides up in heaven because he too fears what he created? Yeah. From Spy oh, yeah. Kids oh. 2. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, what? Hold up. <laughs> you're like, you, you like hear these, you're like, God, those are iconic lines. And then you realize they're from like, Street Fighter and one of the Spy Kids movies. And you're just like... <laughs> well, yeah, the Tuesday line will always be my, like... 
I'm like, so I was like, how do you sum up Bison as a character? Like, how evil is he? It's like, that line pretty much sums it up. <laughs> how evil is he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but the reason I say all this is because, like, uh, when Max Miller was making fun of the Legend of Chun Li movie, which is worse, because, like, the Jean Claude is still, like, fun bad. Yeah. The Legend of Chun Li is bad, bad. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to dunk on it and I don't want to, but it, it is. Well, it's not, yeah. It, Sometimes you don't, sometimes bad products get made. I'm not going to sit here and like ridicule, mm-hmm. but bad I've products made, get yeah. made sometimes. I've made some but, garbage uh, too in my artistic endeavors. Like, same. <laughs> I, there, there are some student films I'm glad we'll never see the light of day. Oh God, me and, too. They're like locked away on like some, some hard drive. And I was like, please don't ever see this. I'm so yeah, it's, that, it's the end of Indiana Jones where it's in some room. That's just like filled with crates. But uh <laughs> oh, there's a fire and we can no longer find this movie. <laughs> yeah. But um it shows the moment where Chun-Li does like like her Kikoken, which is basically her fireball. Mm-hmm. And Maximilian pointed out that is literally a JPEG that they're rotating. Oh, that's and so he proves tough. it. <laughs> oh. And I'm just I, since you brought that up, it reminded me of that too. I was like. Yeah, when you see it and your brain makes the connection, you can never unsee it. I know. I'm going to cry, though, thinking about that because it makes me feel bad, <laughs> like, pointing but, it out. Uh, but also, this is a movie that had a much higher budget than I've ever had, and I was like... Oh, and that's the thing, too. And that's why people don't give them the out. If you have, like... Speaking of Spy Kids, if you have, like, a Spy Kids budget, people are a lot more lenient because they know you don't have a ton of money. Yeah. Also, that movie, ha- like, it adds to the charm of it. Yes, and that's... Knowing your limits and knowing how to work within them is a beautiful thing, and it's also very difficult. So I'm, I'm well, always no, I'm not saying it's easy about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not. Nothing I'm saying is easy, but uh, but bringing that up because like, you brought with uh, I'd like I'd just be curious to see like because you know it's like Code Veronica absolutely does need to be remade just because a lot of people slept on it, and I think it's just because. Resident Evil started getting pumped out very quickly. And I think after, as I talked about in the last episode, where Resident Evil Zero uh, is kind of credited as the game that killed tank controls. Because mm-hmm. it was so disliked that people were like, we hate tank controls. We hate fixed cameras. Capcom, do something new. And then Resident Evil 4 came out. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 oh. Oh, and they said, oh, sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so, and Code Veronica was kind of in that, like, when people were upset with the franchise. Mm-hmm. So I think it got overlooked because of that. Right. And so yeah. a, a remake thing to help piece that stuff together would be good. Because some of the other things, like, for instance, like, let's talk about the real elephant in the room. It's not even five. Five to me is one of the funnest co-op games I've ever played in my life. Yeah, it's not perfect, but I had a great time with it. Yeah, I, I get some of the critiques of it is hard to be scary in broad daylight. Right. Well, it's and that movie re- also had just a torrent of like strange controversy. Yeah. Oh, literally from the get some people trying to make controversy out of the air, mm-hmm. like trying to make something out of nothing. Right. And it's like. Do you? Uh, yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's just yeah, we are not qualified to talk about it. On a much it's not even level. just that. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's just more of like those of y'all that were around when the game first released. You know the dumb ones that people were saying. The big yeah. con, the actual big controversy that stuck with it were just people being like, 
this doesn't feel like a real Resident Evil game, which after playing four, I both get it and don't get it. Cause like I get it in terms of it's in broad daylight. That's not scary. Yeah. Well, tell like, that to scream. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell it that can to be done. scream pulled that off. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not saying it can't be done, but like, I don't know. Like, and with how much of a super soldier tank Chris was mm-hmm. at this point, it does take a lot of the tension out of it. And, but once again, but also the co-op, I just, I loved it. I think if with a remake, if they just gave the, like if they do keep the co-op in it, which I think they would, cause I would almost be disingenuous to not. Right. But, um, just if you play single player, give the AI, make the AI smarter. That's all. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I like, remember playing that game and I was like, God, the AI is kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. And also if you didn't give her the crossbow that had unlimited ammo, she was going to use all your ammo for you. And it was like the most frustrating thing in the world. You're right. I forgot about that. So yeah, fix that. And, and also those are, those are things that I guarantee Capcom could look back and go, Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Oopsie. And, uh, but, uh, so I think I could see, and also five is actually like, it still plays well, still looks really, cause it was the first RE game in HD. So it still mm-hmm. looks great. And, yeah. uh, but I will say the fun one, I don't, cause I, I could see them doing five just because they under, cause five for a long time was the highest selling Capcom game ever. So I guess they're remaking it on that ground. Mm-hmm. But, um, the one I don't know if they'll touch is Resident Evil six. Oh no. And I, I think that, you know, the only reason I think that they won't and this is not to say like, cause I actually, I had fun with Resident Evil six. I know some people have like their understandable critiques of it, but like I enjoyed my time playing it. I do. However, understand where people are coming from. I think yeah, that it, the reason they won't is because it's just way too much. Yeah. It's one of those, like with today's with all, basically putting that game in the high fidelity graphics, like basically putting that in the RE engine. My goodness. That would be a giant game file. Yeah, that's like Mortal Kombat has like a hundred. Uh, Mortal Kombat One has like a hundred gigabyte. Uh, yeah, like starting base storage, and I was like, Whoa. like I <laughs> shuddered a little bit when I heard that. I was like, my brother, God. what? <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> and that, but, uh, that caught me completely off guard. So I was just like, Yeah, I but, don't know if it's necessary. But the thing is, I agree because the thing is, is like. I enjoyed, I had fun playing six as well because it had good parts. Yeah. I think as everyone said, the game falls apart the moment you go to China because then once you hit China, it just gets so ridiculously over the top. China. Yeah. Sorry. Even by, uh, no, good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm like it, a little parrot. Every time I hear it, I'm like China. <laughs> <laughs> but even like by Resident Evil standards, like when you fought the professor guy who wanted to bring back Neo Umbrella, which is like, what uh and <laughs> he would like go from human to turning into this big intestine t-rex looking thing back into a human and i'm just i remember looking at my friend as just watching since i had co-op we were both playing it looking at him going 
Yeah, I think this is where I draw the line. When you turn into some weird human transformer. Yeah, you're like, I think I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, but until you get to that part, like Leon's campaign is actually like has some scary moments and it's funny, you know, like dual wields, but I understand that like with each game, he should be getting better just because, mm-hmm. you know, training and uh, the stuff with Chris as over the top in action as it was like, you knew that going into it. So it didn't take you too much off guard. Right. Yeah. Except for the very, that boss fight at the end was a slug with Chris. Yeah. Legitimately almost fell asleep because mm-hmm. ran out of ammo and I had to cheese out the AI. Not fun. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's small but, things like that. But what I did like was the, the, uh, story with Jake and Shelly. Mm-hmm. Like that was genuine. I'm like, here's where you could build the franchise. Cause you have two kids of two of some of the most evil guys in the whole franchise, the daughter of William Birkin and the son question marks. I still don't believe Wesker ever actually like cared enough to make a child right. of <laughs> Albert Wesker. Right. Test two baby. Gotta be. I was like, Wesker never cared about anybody enough to reproduce. Like, are you kidding me? It's on the back of his mind. He's not uh, yeah. he's not thinking about it too much. <laughs> it's so it's so far down the list. I think there's not. I don't think it's on the paper. But um, right, <laughs> it didn't even make the final list. Yeah. the bullet points. But, but I still like the idea of like here's the new generation who, by all means, should be either evil or bitter or whatever. But they want to turn around and make the world a better place. That's cool. I like that. It's a good concept. Yeah. Especially because they, since Shelly has the G virus in her, she can heal. She has crazy healing ability. Mm-hmm. And Jake, that's why I also agree with you, test you, baby, because he has some of Albert's like fighting style mm-hmm. and the ability to like just palm a zombie halfway across a room, <laughs> like, which never ceased to be fun. Oh no! It's the best. It's it's one of the it's one of the sole moments of joy you find in life. <laughs> yeah, and also I got I'll point out every time we talk about six because as much as I do have my critiques of it, one of the most just this is a won me over forever with Chris was when Jake found out that because he hadn't pieced together that his dad was the epitome of evil mm-hmm. yet, and all he was like. Chris killed my dad. That's messed up. I'm like, bro, he had to. Yeah, but it's like your dad's the worst. Yeah, your, your dad was literally about to kill like probably uh, 90% of the population. So, uh, and there's a moment where he's like, he points a gun at Chris. He's like, you need to tell me, like, basically, like, tell me what happened to my dad or like, I'm going to shoot. Chris turns around, puts the gun straight into the middle of his forehead and just says, either shoot me or let me go do my job and save the world. And then Jake just like, you know, lowers the gun and goes, thank you. Surprise Pikachu face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm a Chris fan. Cause that was awesome. Yeah, no, that was cool. That like, I love the moment like that. Like then do it. Yeah. It's like, you you keep talking a big game. I know you won't. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, bet you won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, of course, they had that moment. It's like, dude, your dad was a maniacal, like, mass murdering psycho. Sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can't help you there, bud. But, uh, but the thing that made six just, I think what ruined it for people was when you played, because you unlocked a fourth campaign, and that was Ada's. Right. And it was shorter because it was just kind of showing like what she was doing in between everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. And he found out the senator had fallen in love with her. Which is like, okay, she's a spy. Checks out that she, you know, manipulated somebody. Yeah. Weird, but okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's like part of the junk, kind of doing a Black Widow thing. Okay, I see you. But, um, and he was so upset when he, she, when he found out she had like played him and played his emotions like a fiddle. That he was the one that caused all the stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And everyone just kind of collectively went, that is really lame. Yeah. It's disappointing. Which is yeah. funny to say when you're thinking of like earth shattering events and you're just like, mm, that's, yeah. that's, that's lame. <laughs> well, because I mean, it's like your follow up to Wesker is this. You killed him off for this. Yeah. Yes, they did. <laughs> they most certainly did. But, uh, so like I said, I don't know if Six would get remade. Yeah, and Her- I I wouldn't be upset if they chose not to, but I would be curious to see what they would do if they chose to go that route. But that's because it also I mean, sold really well. It did, but the thing was is that it was so like expensive that like. Capcom like literally went through a struggle after it got released. Like it was successful and caused more problems. No, it's true. Like I said in the previous episode, Capcom was in a spot, was in a spot where they almost got bought out a couple of times by like other companies. Mm -hmm. And thanks to the success of like monster hunter world and RE seven, they're self-sufficient again. Yeah. I'm so glad they are. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I, I don't want them under, some other company that where they're forced to make stuff they hate. I don't right. want that. Yeah. But um I just want what's best for them. <laughs> yeah, I was like because as we've seen, when Capcom's on their A game, they make good stuff. Cause like between I know we're talking about Resident Evil, but like Street Fighter Six is about to drop. Mm-hmm. Devil May Cry five is a blast to play. Monster Hunter's been on an absolute tear lately. Same with Ace Attorney. Uh they're gonna be they have a new Dragon's Dogma. And yeah, and then oh, they do have Dragon's Dogma. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's theirs, and they announced a new one. So like, they're on a roll in like every regard. So you love to see it. And so, I guess my question to you then is: with all this in place now, because like we've kind of like helped re go over some things, do you think RE9 would cover Rose, or would it? So like I said, I'm just curious because it's seven and eight was kind of showing what Chris was up to. I'm like, would you show what, when we then maybe more focus on Jill mm-hmm. or like you know, Claire or I think, and you know, this will be like my kind of to wrap up with my final, uh, my prophecy, if you will. I personally think we are going to not get Rose for Resident Evil nine. Okay. I think we're going to get an older version of Leon. And potentially Jill Valentine. I'm here for that. I because I would love to see that pairing go together. And even they've, if they they've never been paired in a game, so that works. Yeah, they've never been paired together before. 
And if we, even if we get a new protagonist, which I'm totally cool with, I don't mind at all. I would be so curious to see where that goes. Cause especially with like how good resident evil four has done, like, and how beloved Leon is, I think people are ready for like a Leon return and like a Jill, a Jill if you will. And yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, the la- to be fair the last time we had seen her before the remake was in uh revelations right which is and, decent yeah no yeah a good game if you get a chance it's always it's on sale pretty regularly so next time it's on sale pick it up but mm-hmm. uh uh one of the things because there is this new like cg movie coming out called like dead island and it's hilarious because it has literally leon claire chris jill and uh i think there's another one I think Rebecca's in it. And I was laughing. I was like, bro, there is so much plot armor. I think they could cure the virus. Yeah. They could get bitten multiple times and just, just shrug it off, which they do in the game, which is funny. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I was like, but that many main characters that we all know cannot die. <laughs> right. I'm like, I know what I, I know who you are. I know what you but, are. <laughs> the reason I bring that movie up is because a concept they're bringing up in that game and that movie. And sometimes I do take things from the movies that people like it and incorporate it into the games since the movies are not canon, is uh, Jill looks no different than she does from RE3, despite the fact that Chris is aged. Mm-hmm. And, the, and their reasoning for that is because they're saying that uh, the experimenting that Wesker had done on her stopped her aging. Sure. Why not? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, <laughs> which, I mean, part of me is just like, Y'all are just compensating for the fact it's been forever since you've used her, aren't you? And you know but, what? Um, I get it because I too would make that same reason. <laughs> yeah, but don't at least you haven't pay you no ha- attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm just like, look, it checks because like she literally did get experimented on and had a virus in her because of Wesker. So if you want to say it kind of had the Mister Freeze effect, sure, why not? And uh, but. So I'm curious if maybe they would incorporate that in the games. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually, I'm thinking about your prophecy of like with Chris, with Leon and Jill, because even though obviously everyone would love to see the dream team again of Jill and Chris, because they're the original, but her and Leon have both been experimented on, have had people inside their head trying to mm-hmm. control them. It's like, they have a lot of parallels that they could like, relate over and probably form a like a friendship about because chris hasn't dealt with that yeah i i mean they could definitely explore like the idea of maybe like ooh, what if they do co-op instead of doing resident evil 5 hmm, well I, if they do like if they make nine and like hmm. instead of like doing more remakes i'm fine with that and they, they do co-op like i said and you're doing leon and jill cool yeah that's he that has my attention. I like that concept I think would be really cool. I don't know how they would write it. And I am curious to see what they would manage to, to pull off. I think that'd be well, cool. Well, they have opened up some stuff. Thanks to seven and eight. Cause they pointed out there's a lot of pharmaceuticals that have popped up in the wake of umbrella going under, which makes sense when the big, when the giant company goes down, a bunch of small ones pop up and uh, and a lot of them are basically headed by former evil umbrella people. So, right, yeah, trying to basically pick up where they left off. 
basically we can rebuild this but better this time i can fix this basically so they're right like right there you could have like that's what jill and leon are dealing with of dealing with people that are trying to you know on their own bs but i'm with you it's a situation where i don't know if i have a prophecy per se but i am happy it's one of those where like the best compliment I can give a franchise is when I say, I am excited to see what direction it goes. Gosh, I love being able to say that about Resident Evil. Yeah, because there's a long time where I was just like, bro, maybe <laughs> we need to put this on the shelf for a while. Right, but you know what? Resident Evil is anything if not resilient. I mean, like a true zombie, it gets back up. It Really, it, you can't kill it. <laughs> you can't put a good zombie down. And I appreciate them, like, and it's worked out because, like I said, now we've gotten these great games. Mm-hmm. As we, now that we've uh, talked about the franchise again, just in the stuff that's happened in the last two years, mm-hmm. and it's just nice to see. It's one of those like just nice to see effort put into them, and just having fun games. I can go back and play again. Like I said, I'm playing through RE4 remake again. Uh, I need to finish doing my second playthrough is the RE2 remake, but like, that's a great thing to say. I'm like, Hey, I almost have like a backlog of <laughs> replays. I want to do as before, you know, street fire is about to come out, which will take up a lot of my attention. Yes. But, uh, I <laughs> it's just without making a prediction. Cause with the way that the mold has now kind of been like, well, I'm not gonna say permanently dealt with because I do appreciate that. It's pretty realistic to life of, a virus can never truly go away. Someone will find a way to bring it back, if, right. especially when it's man-made. Viruses are and, essentially unkillable. Yeah, so... Uh, but just seeing, like... Just being in a, in a situation where I'm like, I'm really curious where this is going to go. And, like... Now that we have, like, this, like, almost pantheon of protagonists, what are they all up to now since the main focus of all their hatred being Wesker and umbrella. Now that it's six feet under, what are y'all doing now? Where are you in your life? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I, I know some people like Rebecca and Leon would be like, I just want to go home. Please. Yeah. <laughs> others like, please, like, please stop. <laughs> yeah, others like Chris and Jill. I don't know if they would handle peace very well. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like a, they're very much like the war horse of, they always need a fight to go to somewhere. Yeah. Somebody always needs saving as I like to say. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, that's my thing is I'm just happy to see where it goes. Cause so far Capcom has been absolutely on a roll and whether it's more remakes or we actually find out what RE9 looks like. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm just happy for Resident Evil to be in a good spot where it's just fun to play. And even when it scares me, like with the murder baby, I'm still having fun as much as I might be saying, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what makes it special. You know, I'm, I'm looking consistently forward to more Resident Evil stuff. I'm excited for the future of it. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting it all to be perfect, but I appreciate how much love and effort gets put into it consistently, even if it's not always like my favorite or it's not always like the best possible outcome. I mean, I keep coming back for more and I'm having fun and, you know, it's 
It's a lot easier than being a Sonic fan sometimes. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I love Sonic, but you, I, I had to throw that out there. No, everyone um, knows. Anyone that has an issue with that, you're you're being like you you know, you know. you understand the <laughs> the experience. But what do you guys think? Uh, let us know what you think. Maybe might be coming up with Resident Evil. Kind of what you would hope to see. But also, while you're at it, don't forget, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are on Spotify, we're on Breaker, we're on Overcast, we're on your web browser, we're everywhere, you cannot hide from us. And we appreciate having you as fans, we are doing our best to try and (laughs) keep a consistent schedule, I'm in the process of a move, which I will update you guys on in a future episode probably, but right now we're just having fun enjoying and talking and you know doing what we can to keep busy but i promise we'll keep putting out episodes when we're available to and we just appreciate your guys's patience and the fact that you guys continue to tune in to listen to us whenever we drop a new episode but with that i'm austin cook and i am caleb mclemore we are the internet world order we will see you guys soon see you guys <laughs>